Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. Oh, this is so bad. Hello, everybody. This week, Chris is in Great Barrington, and I'm in my childhood bedroom, and we're, we can't even Skype, so we're, like, on the phone. <laughs> Here we go. My Skype connection has kept timing out, and now we're using something called Tape Call, which is some app that I had on my phone, so it's a free plug for whoever makes Tape Call. Why do you have that app? Because I interviewed this guy named Jim Probyth or something. When I remember, I used to I wrote a couple articles for that um, concussion company for the chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I'd interview people who had CTE or whose like friends or family members had CTE, and I'd write articles about it for them. And so I had to interview this guy, and I taped his phone call so I could like go through it and. I put direct quotes in the article and stuff. I don't remember that at all. (laughs) It was me trying to get a research assistant job so I could beef up my resume and potentially apply to PhD programs. I did it way too late. It wasn't research oriented. The company did no research and they just gave me some like stupid thing to do on the side. It's not worth mentioning. Well, you mentioned a lot about it already. So tell me more about CTE. No, it's, all, it's, a, it's, a, it's an aggregation of the protein tau in certain areas of the brain, and that's the same protein in different areas that's associated with Alzheimer's. Aye, aye, aye. Um, yes, uh, I'm curious, what does CTE stand for? I told you, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. What is exactly encephalopathy? It's an aggregation of the protein tau in certain areas of the brain. What's tau? I don't know. It's some protein that, like, fucks up your neurons or something. I don't really get it. It's like being punch drunk. It's the new thing that's going on in the NFL, and there's, like, a billion-dollar lawsuit, and it's all these guys, and it, it hits you later in life. They basically are, like, punch drunk, and they're beating their wife and, like, pissing their pants, and they have dementia and all this stuff, and it's from whacking their heads over and over and over. It's, um, it looks a little different for high contact sports, but it's like they're, they're getting rid of like heading and soccer because of it, like all sorts of stuff. Can I ask you a question? What? Do you enjoy ruining our show? Is this bad? Yeah, it's horrible. Who cares about that shit? Encephalophagus? What are you talking about? You asked, man. I told you. So anyways, let me interrupt. Dopey Nation, I know this is annoying. I know... Um, we're probably fuzzy and sound different. So I thought what we'd do is hit you real hard with the dopey. Because I feel like that makes up for it for some reason. I feel like that's what they really, really want. And deep in my soul, I feel like that's what they really want. So we're going to hit them with the dopey. And uh, we got two amazing dopey voicemails to play. Do you know what I wanted to do? What? I wanted to talk for 20 minutes about why I'm so tired. Well, tell us about the, the feud you've been having with Fanny. Why don't you do that? No, 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 I didn't, that was, dude, what are you doing? You, you, think, you, you think, you think because you're the IT guy sitting in some basement in Great Barrington, you're going to dictate the way the show is going to go? I, I, because I can't see you, I can't stare you down with my evil eye. You're going to be like, so to tell them about your feud with Fanny, I think the Dopey Nation really wants to hear these dopey voicemails that I'm ready to play. It's like, you fucking think you're running shit over there because you can't see me. This is I fucking, do. It's fucking bullshit. 
I, feel I, I can tell. Evolved. You feel like you can do what you want because I can't stare you down. I feel like I'm the man behind the curtain now. We're both behind the curtain. I'm in my childhood room alone. My, I made my father get off the computer. I'm on the bed of the sober living that I made. <laughs> sort of. Nice. This is so sad. I, this is the saddest version of Dopey ever. We're just talking on the phone. It's just depressing. You keep on saying, we'll have just Dopey Nation. We'll have regular conversations. And Dave's like, we should just record this and air it. What's different now? It's a really good point. I, I think what's different is that it's depressing. Because we worked ourselves up to do this. And now we're just on the phone. Yeah. You know I mean? But well, I want to tell, I I tell a quick story. Spent, I, wait, wait. I spent uh, $42 yes. of our... Um, I, from you always need to fucking spin some fucking yarn about how you're you're so put out to do dopey. Dopey puts you out of everything. It's fucking, if you're not driving five hours, you're spending forty two dollars. No, you spent you spent twenty one of those dollars because there was an option to pay with PayPal, which is what I did. So that was our. <laughs> you paid with. I spent twenty one dollars on this. Yes, you did. I didn't even use it. Not for the tape call, for the uh, like e-cam recorder with Skype, and it didn't work. Cause Skype sucks. I don't. It Skype does suck. My, my buddy in Russia, we were uh, we were skyping, and we decided that Facebook Messenger was much better. All right, listen. Um, just hit him with the dopey. I, I think that you're you're on to this. You're you're right. Just give him give him the good stuff. Just do your thing. All right. Well, I'm gonna play the recording. Have you heard it yet? Don't you want to know why I'm so tired? Go ahead. Let, I mean, tell us. I want to, I want to know. There's nothing really? that pleased me greater than to hear why you're so tired. Last night, or yesterday while I was working, this guy in my, uh, that, that's like his daughter is friends with my daughter. So we're like, we're friends through our daughters, right? And he texted me while I was working and he said, do I want to go see the new Star Wars? And I was like, and I got kind of excited to go see the new Star Wars, you know? And, and in fact, I was so excited to see the new Star Wars that while I was working, I was going, I was very excited, you know? And, okay. then, I, and then I go home and we have, the, and the other cool thing about this episode, I don't, I don't know we, if you realize this, this episode is going to be on in the morning. So it's like something that happens right now. It's like it's going to – people are going to hear it in the morning. We've only had, I think, one or two episodes that aired quicker than this one's going to air. I just think that's cool. Um, but so fucking – I went to see Star Wars with this with this guy, and it was fucking horrible. I heard that I didn't like the first one anyways, the first new one. I, I got excellent reviews and everyone loved it. And I was like, well, it was okay. The first one was just a remake of that, of the first, first one. But the first one, like I said to you on the phone, it has, it, it activates an emotional response to see Han Solo and Chewbacca flying in the Millennium Falcon with Star Wars music playing and C-3PO and R2-D2. It's an emotional response. But this movie is just, as my dearly departed mother would say, is just dreck. It's just a piece of fucking shit. And I think that these people should be ashamed of themselves to put such a bad movie out. And I don't want to spoil it for the dopey nation. In fucking six episodes, I'm going to fucking really tear this movie apart. Because it's such a fucking, it's a travesty. 
Well, nine episodes. What are you talking about six? Nine episodes. No, no, no. I'm saying that in six dopey episodes, I'll, I'll, I won't spoil uh, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody because people love Star Wars. I was working today. I, I told someone that. I told someone I heard it's bad that I was going to see it tonight. And I, you know, I heard it's bad because you said that last night on the phone or text or something. And, and then I told him, I'll probably still see it three times in the next two years, you know, even though it's bad. I, I love Star Wars. I love science fiction, you know. I have to love Star Wars. Well, I was waiting on this guy today. Well, it was funny. There were these, like, English people in the thing. Anyway, I wound up staying up till 3 in the morning because I was I was making a photo book for my family. And, and, and in order to get 50% off on Shutterfly, I stayed up till 3 in the morning to finish it. So I only slept three hours. But that's why you're tired? That's why I'm tired. That's what couldn't wait or what needed to be said? It ne- I needed to say it. It needed to, it needed to be said. Now it's done. You can, All right. Now you can. Now but this, let's this, let's this, let's no, this guy, this guy at work, he was like, I was, t- I was screaming about Star Wars, you know? And he was like, uh, he was like, you mean I shouldn't see it? And I was like, no, you're going to see it anyway. You think, why? Because some idiot waiter told you it sucked. You're not going to go see the new Star Wars movie. You know, you guys have to see it, but it's a piece of shit. Yeah. Anyway, carry on with the dopey. Okay. Um, well, guys, so this dopey nation is going to be the uh, butthole drugs episode. We have two voice memos that relate to hiding drugs uh, up someone's rectum. And they're really fucking dopey. And uh, this one we just got recently. And also, on a quick aside, I apologize to everybody who has emailed us, sent us voice memos that I either haven't gotten back to yet or we haven't aired. We're a little backlogged. we got a lot of shit to play. We're going to knock two out in this episode, two ones that I thought were amazing. Can I just say something else about that? What? This is why we could use a staff. To go through the emails, to read them, to listen to the voicemails, to deal with this stuff. Yeah. No? Yeah, you don't think? Great. Huh? I just think anybody's going to give it the TLC that we would. Right. But we could use an intern maybe who could compile notes about each new email. Yeah, but we get emails from people asking us to do things, and then we don't respond. No. people. Listen, people say they want to do things, but they don't really want to do those things. They just say they want to do them. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so you, okay, so wait, you are comfortable giving our logins and passwords to some random person who wants to do that? Not to some random person. To the to the right oh, person. So how do they prove their worthiness? Um, how do they prove their worthiness? Well, we set up a, a really... I think this could be the new contest to win the coveted Dopey Intern Spot Contest. You have to write an email about why you think you're worthy of doing it. Then after that, you have to call into the show to tell us why you're worthy. Then every day you have to send in an email. Then we have to send you fake emails, and you have to send us notes. And if we like the way that stands, I'll trust them with the login. A week of work for training, and uh, and they become the Dopey Intern. So is that the Dopey Intern contest? It's a new contest. I just came up with it. Now, let, me ask, let me ask you a different question. How did the last contest work out? Well, we still haven't found a winner. <laughs> we, we, played, we played all the skin song entries, but we never played them all at once and got the winner. That's because you're so fucking ADD oh, that, that, that when we play them, you're like, 
I think 45 seconds of a theme song is too long to play. I, I think we need to just play 15 seconds of each theme song. No, well, you want to no, know. I was like, let's play 30 or 45. You wanted to play the full thing, and some of them are three to five minutes, and then talk in between them. I'm saying for the ADD Dopey Nation, we need to play 30 to 45 seconds of every theme song back to back to back to give them, you know, comparison. Well, let me ask you a stupid question that I don't remember the answer to, okay? Didn't we do it once? What didn't we do it? We did some of them. We didn't. No, we didn't ever officially do it because we've been talking about officially doing it for eight months now. No, we did it, and then we like lost the recording or something. Oh yeah, maybe. We recorded an episode about the theme song contest, and we lost it. Maybe the episode sucked though. We just didn't want to air it. Didn't that happen once? If it happened once, it was this episode. It was the theme song. We, we did it. In my, we did it in my dad's kitchen. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Let's play this voice memo. Well, what about the Adobe intern contest? I, I'm down. Just, you know, let's post on our, our social media the, the guidelines for this selection criteria or whatever, and uh, we'll see, we'll see if we <laughs> Listen, so if you guys are interested in applying to the Dopey intern contest, the dopiest intern contest, you write us an email at dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, write a review on iTunes, uh, reference the review in the email, and send a voicemail talking about all of it. If your three uh, entries seem worthy, we're going to get you on the show, and then we'll get the ball rolling. All right. I'm down. I'm good. All right. Let's play the first, play the first voicemail, please. All right. Yo, fellas. What's going on? This is Tim calling from Philly. Hey, man, it's been a little while. I just thought I'd give a give a little story to you guys. Um, one came to mind that was just complete insanity, and, you know, I, I, I forgot about it, and I just uh, just crossed my mind, and I just was thinking, man, what a maniac I was. Um, so, yeah, during, uh, during my, like, height of my drug addiction, you know, when I was shooting a lot of coke and a lot of dope and smoking crack um, – I used to have this this kind of ritual thing where I would uh, I would go go cop and get my first my first load of drugs, which usually a couple bags of dope and a couple couple dime bags of coke. And, um, and I would come back to my house. You know, obviously, my wife wouldn't be home. She'd be working. So I knew it was, I was going to be in for a long night of just debauchery. So I would uh, shoot my coke and, and first and then do the dope. But. Um, you know, after the second shot of Coke, I would, I would completely get, um, paranoid. And, uh, so I live right, you know, in Kensington. So it's all right, real close by. I would, and when I ran out, I would usually go back out for another one and then maybe a couple, couple crack rocks. And so, but after I got paranoid, I used to do this thing, which is, which is just insane. So I would always, uh, I would always be afraid that I would get locked up and that I would, get locked up and, and have to go to jail and be dope sick again. Um, so I would just, I would, I would get all geeked out and decide I was going to go back out and cop more drugs. But before I did that, I had to prepare myself cause I was definitely getting locked up this time. And so what I would do is I would, I would take like four five, six Suboxone and I would roll them tightly into like a, a cylinder and I'm talking Suboxone strips. So I'd roll them into a cylinder and I would uh, take about, you know, as many Xanax as I thought possible 
uh, and I would roll them into the same thing. I'd get some cellophane, and I'd, I'd roll them all into one nice, compact little plug, and then I would take, you know, a balloon or a condom or plastic bag or just a lot of cellophane. I'd wrap it up real good, and, uh, and then I'd plug it right up my butt, and um, I'd layer up on socks because, you know, if you, get, if you get arrested and you have, you know, two, three pairs of socks on, they'll let you keep your socks. Same with T-shirts as long as they're white. So I'd put on three or four T-shirts, and, and I had my little plug up there just because I knew that this was the time I was going to get arrested, and I was going in there supplied up, man, you know, not going to be sick. I was going to have some. I, sometimes I'd even break up a few cigarettes in there and stick another one up just so I could, you know, be living large in there. And, uh, you know, I'd go out, I'd cop, and I, and I wouldn't get caught. And, uh, you know, I'd come home, and I'd have to go in the bathroom and, and dig up there and pull the thing out and unwrap it and clean it all off and, you know, and, and, and freaking just go through that whole thing. And then I would do some more drugs, and I would, uh, and I would go and do the whole thing again. I would just I would do the same exact thing again because I was I was paranoid that this time I would definitely get arrested and I was going to be prepared. And so, man, I, every single time that I would go and, and do this while my wife was at work, I would I would go through this whole entire thing. And looking back on it, I am just I it's just so gross and and crazy. Like, I, I mean, it would take me like a good hour to get this plug ready to go and lubed up and get it up there and, and, you know, get all dressed up and go out. And I lived like a couple blocks away. So I'd be gone for like five, 10 minutes and come back and just have to get it out and clean it off and unwrap it and fucking do the drugs and do it all over again. Sometimes maybe three, four times. I, I've probably done it in one, in one day, um, never to get arrested and, and, and get to, uh, experience the spoils of my of my efforts but i don't know man i don't know if you guys ever did anything crazy like that but that's just one thing one of those things that i like forgot about until you know something sparked that memory but uh just insane just insane stuff bro anyway guys uh still listening to you faithfully um there was something i was going to say that you brought up last time now now i'm drawing a blank what was it um I don't know. Anyway, hope this this voicemail is well, maybe about five minutes. I hope I keep it in that 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 money range for you guys. Um, yeah, love you, fellas. Keep it up. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Peace. So, what do you think, man? First of all, Tim is one of the greatest uh, voicemail recorders that we have out there. Tim Tim hasn't given us a voicemail in a while. I always love his fucking. Um, I love his uh, his voicemails, and I love this this voicemail. It's the perfect amount of time. It's the perfect sentiment of planning of what's going to happen when you get busted of sh- of stuffing your asshole with with uh, supplies. I just I just think it's uh it was a great voicemail. But you know what? I'm such a pussy. I never I never put anything up my butt ever. Oh. I stuffed things up my butt, but I did it for much different reasons than um, Tim did. Tim had foresight, and he's like, I might go to jail, so I need to have some dope and some Xanax or whatever, you know, to stay well. 
And yeah, the best part is he has a cigarette in there too. I know. This is cigarette is Xanax. Well, dude, oh. one one cigarette, you can even get like ten soups for that. They'll break one cigarette into five pinners. No, my man Tim. What Tim is thinking is he's gonna get high, and then he, when he's high in jail, he's gonna be like lounging with his cigarette all high. Yeah, good luck lighting it, man. Do you think he has a lighter up his asshole too, like waterproof <laughs> matches or something? I don't know. Um. So, yeah, so fucking every time I did that, it was that I would be shooting coke in the bathroom. The main time was this one time in the Caribbean, and I'd get really paranoid, and, I would, and I'd finish everything, and I'd be leaving the bathroom, and I'd think as soon as I step out, I was going to get arrested, and so I'd put the syringe up my butt. And I'd usually put it in something like a paper bag because there's the flaps that would hurt, you know what I mean, that scratch the inside of your rectum. How and about then, the needle? Well, I have a cap on it, but you know the story, the needle butt story. You've already told that. Where I was in the Caribbean, and I lost the cap, and I thought that what I would do is put the syringe in, like, plunger side up, and then just have the needle stuff, like, poking out a little bit so I could walk from this casino to the hotel. And I thought I could just walk, and the syringe would be half hanging out of my butt with the needle part. And so I put it in sitting in the toilet, and then I got up to walk away, and I took, like, a half a step in the stall, in, like, a handicap stall, and my butt started to swallow, like, the syringe. So I had to grab it because if it swallowed it, that would have been really bad, you know? Needle face out inside your butt. Like, that's, like, surgically removed. Well, if the needle's facing out and your butt starts eating the needle... And then it eats the whole needle, what happens? How do you get it out? Yeah. I mean, I think probably get it out but then the needle would break off and it would be inside my rectum somewhere do you think that there's a proctology podcast out there where it's two guys sitting in a room talking about all the stuff they take out of people's butts well no i hear that from andy all the time there's tons of fucking weird shit that people end up in the emergency room to get removed from their ass that is like a common common thing no that was a seinfeld thing no but i'm telling you it's a common thing I'm just saying that would be a great, uh, it would be a good podcast. What, just <laughs> just stuff that people are getting removed from their butt? Yeah, the stuff we find in people, you can call it assy or something. It's just, you know, it's just stuff that they take out of the butt. It's like two, two productologists on the stuff in the butt and dumb shit. And they just what, take this stuff him, out. What was the other one? When you see him shooting uh, coke in Philly, is that the Tim one? Yeah, he had the, the, the crack whore... Oh, he's great. He's also, he's very confident on them. He, he, he kicks it for six minutes and he's out. He doesn't mince words. He, he doesn't have anything to prove. He just lays it down and he's out. I like him. I feel really bad that, um, we're going to play his voice memo and then this upcoming one, both just straight fire on this, uh, shitty phone call recorded episode, you know? Well, we'll save the episode. Well, what? They'll save the episode. They'll save the episode. I know. Yeah. They need, you know, that high-quality auto. They need some blue Yeti recording device. It's not about the recording device. It's about us being able to, you know, be in the same fucking place. Don't you miss me, man? Isn't this horrible? Don't you you feel lost in space? I'm going to see you next Friday, and then we're going to record next Friday and next Saturday in person. It's going to be great. I don't know. There's there's going to be a lot of problems. 
I foresee a lot of problems. You know, you're a glasses half empty kind of guy. So what's what's coming up for you? What, how's the end of school going? Uh, it's good. On Tuesday, I have my last class. I have a ten-page paper and a presentation. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, say it again. On Tuesday, I have a uh, a ten-page paper due and a presentation. Then I'm off till like January eighth or something. You know what I think? I think this might be the worst the worst episode we've ever done. Well, why are you asking me questions that have stupid answers? No, I don't think I don't mean because of what you have coming up. I just think I just have a feeling. You know, it's like I think that that might be the most classic dopey ever. Just to know that you're making the worst episode you've ever made. Well, how about that horrible email we got? Should I read that real quick? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, this is this is back from when we used to talk about how horrible the emails were. I mean, how horrible the episodes were. Oh yeah, this is kind of like a throwback era. Thing. All right, guys. I posted this on Instagram if you guys want to read it. This is from Talbot. I'm not going to say his last name because I don't want to start a war. And I'm honestly afraid of this person. Why are you afraid of this person? I don't know. After that whole thing with she who shall not be named, I mean, it's just, I don't want you're not to. Gonna, you're still not going to say her name? I'm still not saying her name. Because the truth is that she, we have more to lose than she does. Just to catch up any new listeners, when we started making the show, there was this woman, and uh, and she was a huge fan of Dopey, and uh, and she would write us on Facebook. I would message with her a lot, and um, she loved Dopey. She even wanted to give us money and stuff. She paid for an ad to be promoted on Instagram. You remember that? Yeah. And then she wrote, and then and then somehow a Chris made a joke about her because me and her had messaged a lot. Uh, and Chris was like, I don't want to read this, blah, blah, blah. No, no. What happened, what happened was I said on an episode of Dopey that I logged into Facebook and there was like 90 unread uh, messages. And I didn't, I thought they were all from this woman. But the truth was like half of them were from you. And it was just, they all showed up as unread. And so I kind of painted this picture of you as a psycho person. She got really upset and became a psycho person. Right. And then she also put you down and you went crazy. Remember? No. She, she, like, she wrote mean stuff about you being rich and not having good character. And you no. were like, you were so crazy. And then she wrote, I think, one one-star review. And, then, and then, then we got a couple more one-star reviews. And you were sure they were all her. They were. They, we, got, we got like all of them within like two days. And then I also, um, I wound up, I wound up talking her down and then you got her upset again. And then like, and we said her name once and she like lost her shit. And then like, she was gone. Just never to be heard from again. And then this morning, as I was on my way to, from Long Island to Manhattan, I saw this email and it was just such a fucking train wreck of, of hate mail that I, I mentioned it to Chris, and Chris was sure it was Ruth Ann. No, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> joking. All right, let's read it. Okay. Yeah. All right, it's from Talbot. Um, it gets progressively worse. I think it's pronounced Talbot. You know what's funny, though, is I actually read, like, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I was like, I saw this when it came in, and I read, like, a sentence or two, and I thought it was, like, one of those, 
emails I got that I was like, I listened to you guys, and I thought it was like, okay, and it kind of sucked, and then I kept listening and thought it was great. I just thought that's what it said, and I was like... You didn't oh. even read it. You, read, you, you thought you had conditioned your mind to thinking you had read it, and they liked it. That's yeah. how the little attention you pay to things. All right, so here it is. I just finished listening to episode 22, and y'all were right. That episode sucked ass. You seem to have come down from a peak that occurred somewhere in the teens episodes. I plan to listen through the highly probable relapse one of you yahoos will be staging soon as I told by the asshole who is still clean, and I see that episode count is really surprisingly high. Scott doesn't have good English also. I wonder if either one of the guys who taped episode 22 are still affiliated with the show. Any English-speaking dope fiend could host your show, and all of the parenting either one of you incorrigible reprobates does is a... Reprobate. 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 Are you sure it's not reprobate? Reprobate. <laughs> Your reprobate does is abusive, but that is just because you are so stupid and continue. <laughs> I like that part. And so stupid, you think that not using drugs is worth merit badges and brownie points. I don't think kids belong with people who need to have current club membership in order to accomplish what 95 to 97% of other humans can accomplish without so much as thinking about. But you can make podcasts and amuse me like a clown. What the hell is he talking about? My favorite part about this, though, it doesn't, it's all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. But my favorite, I get what he's trying to say, but my, my favorite part of this is he's emailing us on episode 22. My favorite part is that he says that we, that during the teens, you know, a few, and, we, and also at this point, you have to understand, we were skipping all of the even numbered episodes or the odd numbered episodes. So he, it's like 10 episodes in. And he was saying that we had hit our peak at number 15. Now we're at number 111, and he felt he's at number 22, and we hit our peak at 15. Yes, I don't know. It's Cray, man. Cray, Cray. Do you say that? I do, man. I mostly me... text it. I text Cray, Cray, and Cray, 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 and KK. Those are two of my, my texts. I know. I get them all the time. I, I stopped reacting to them. I figured if I stopped reacting to them, you'd stop texting them to me. But well, you told do. me you told me you didn't like K, so I started with KK. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I don't feel I don't feel good about that. But I, there was stuff I wanted to talk about. Wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! We're not going there yet because we have another voice memo that's related to rectum stuff. Ugh. How much time are we on this thing? It's great. It's great, dude. No, 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 no. no. We're only at halfway through. We'll just save that for another 10 minutes away. I, I, I've got news. News. This is a dopey news break. What do you got? It's, today is Friday, um, December, what is it? I don't know. I think it's December, I have no idea, December 18th. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's the 15th. You're way off. It's December 15th. And uh, today, here we go, off the news, former Howard Stern Show personality Artie Lang is rehab-bound after pleading guilty in a drug case against him. A spokeswoman for the Essex County, New Jersey prosecutor told the rap that Lang pleaded guilty to one count of third-degree possession of a controlled dangerous substance today and indicated... 
in court that he planned to enter a rehab program. Lang had also been charged with possession of cocaine, though that charge was dismissed in exchange for his guilty plea. Specifically, Lang pleaded guilty to possession of 81 decks of heroin. Now, what's a deck of heroin? I think that's 10 bags. So he had 81 bundles? I guess. I don't think so. I think it would have been a much bigger bust. I bet he had 81 bags. I don't know. I think I'm I'm assuming a deck would be 10. I feel like we should know this as the co-host of... The biggest heroin podcast in the world. Don't be nice. What's a deck? I'm assuming it's a, a 10 bags. I don't know. Uh, the comedian was arrested at his New Jersey home earlier this week after missing a court date relating to his May 12th arrest. According to NewJersey.com, Lang was seen erratically driving his Range Rover on the Garden State Parkway in May. When stopped, law enforcement found a bag of heroin on his lap. Lang was subsequently charged with possession of a controlled dangerous substance and drug paraphernalia. Lang uh, had also been charged with possession of cocaine, though that charge was dismissed in exchange for his guilty plea. Specifically, it has to be 10 bags because they would have said he was caught with a deck. He said he was caught with a bag. Specifically, Lang pleaded guilty to possession of 81 decks of heroin. I know, but then they said he was caught on the, whatever, the in Jersey on the highway with a bag of heroin. They would have said a deck of heroin if a deck was a bag. Say it again. It's simple linguistics. Never mind. So you say he had 81 bundles? He had, you're saying he had 810 bags of heroin on him? Yes. Dude, that would have been the fucking story. Nose. Oh, you see how fucking swollen his nose is? He's probably railing like four or five bags at a time. Listen, if you were a newspaper writer and the story was that Artie had been busted with 810 bags, would you write 81 decks or 810 bags? Maybe she doesn't know what a deck is and she's just regurgitating words she heard. Anyway, the point is Artie got busted. He's going to jail. And this was off of the week of Artie texting me twice, Artie tweeting at me, telling me to stop being so creepy with him. And um, I thought we were getting really close. But now uh, he's going to rehab, and we're probably going to lose him again. Did you see his fucking nose, man, in the picture? Yeah. It looks like somebody stalked him. That's because he didn't shoot dope or coke. It's because he put it all up his nose. I know. What a pussy. Why did he snort it? Listen, I bet you if you put all the drugs that you ever did up your nose, your nose would look the same way. I would never do that. I could actually, I, I would use puddle water to shoot up. But I could hold on to shit until I got a syringe. I never, I, snorting is such a waste of time. He didn't snort because he was snorted because he was scared of needles. But he, he can snort sn- himself. But he wasn't scared of blades. The, the point is that Artie Lang, it, it's funny because Todd's the same way. Todd is terrified of needles. And, and like, and it, 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 you know what it is? I think both of them, and I think probably lots of drug addicts out there, snort drugs as a state of denial that their drug habit isn't that bad because they're not shooting drugs. What do you think about that? Yeah, I do. I really do. What do you think? I mean, I know people that were IV users and then they switched to just sniffing it because they actually were like, it's, you know, less damaging. But, um, and I think there's like a needle phobia. I think that's a, a real thing. You know, I don't know how much of it is to feel better about yourself because you're not 
using it. I mean, I, for years, the one thing I wouldn't do is use a syringe. And then at my first rehab, some guys said, oh, you never shot up. You really missed out. And that stuck in my head. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to use a syringe. But there was years um, up until I was like 19 or 20, until I was 20, where I was like, I'm not going to use a syringe. And then when I was 20, I did. Yeah, for me, I, I just, the idea of shooting drugs seemed like a horrible thing to do. But like, for me, like, I, I was, I was putting a shitload of drugs up my nose as well. And, uh, and I went to a rehab and the guy was like, you're an idiot if you snort, if you snort dope, especially if you don't have a lot of money. And then we shot dope and it seemed like he was right. And, um, and you get much higher and the, the dope goes further. And, and really, I mean, in retrospect, it's like you snore dope. There's all sorts of like, you know, hairs in your nose that the dope gets caught on. Dope comes out. You sneeze. It doesn't go into you the same way. You fucking no, shoot it. No, it goes it. right uh, in your blood. Instead of the hairs and the sneezing, dude, it's about bioavailability. And when you, it goes in your bloodstream, it's 100% bioavailable. And when Bio, you, yeah, bioavailability, man. I'm sorry. Yes, when you encephalate it, it's much less. Sure, encephalating is for fucking pussies, man. Um, yeah. But but what I'm really saying is that uh, and then the other thing is that when Artie, over the summer Artie was doing the show in uh, I think in Chicago and uh, he got rushed to the hospital with some sort of like cardiac problem and they had said that they found a sludge of heroin and cocaine in Artie's lungs and I and I when I, when I and I sat with him and I said you know Artie if you had just used the needle you wouldn't have the sludge issue in your lungs. <laughs> I swear to God I said that name. And what did he say? Did he laugh? He kind of laughed to himself in a little weird way. But he also, like, he literally... What what is he doing? Like, he's snorting so hard. (laughs) He can't even snort it right. Chris, he he looked at me. This is the most fucked up thing. You have Artie Lang. And, and again, uh, anybody who's a huge Artie fan, don't get me wrong. I love Artie uh, so much. But, like, you have this man who's a fucking wreck of a man. You know, his nose is all fucking deformed because of the of all the stuff we're talking about. His skin is so rough, it, it could fucking cut you. I, his, his skin is just so dry. I shook his hand. I was like, ow! His <laughs> hand is so rough, you know? Um, but, at the, but, like, and he, when I told him, right, I said to him, you know, Artie, if you shot the drugs, you wouldn't have this sludge issue in your lungs. He looked at me like he pitied me, <laughs> like like that the fact that I shot dope, I'm so much worse. And I'm sitting there clean in front of him, suggesting it to him. He, when he heard that I used needles, everything about him, like, pitied me, the fact that I shot dope. I, think, I think he still identifies as being this party guy who drinks at bars and shit and, like, if you sniff coke, that's okay. And he's probably like, oh, I sniffed some dope too. You know what I mean? So he probably still thinks he's this party exactly. person. Exactly. It's denial. He's a syringe. You're like, oh, you're a different ilk. Exactly. And meanwhile, he's got a sludge of coke and heroin in his lungs. But listen, I fully believe we are going to get him on dopey. So, Artie, stay strong, my brother. You know what I was thinking about just as an aside? Did you ever, like... You know, when you started using pills, did you ever snort, like, Vicodin or Percocet? Sure. It's so dumb. You snort this giant mound for nothing. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I snorted you know drugs like that, and they would freeze in my nose. Yeah, and it was so painful. You're literally snorting, like, 500 milligrams of powder for 5 milligrams of narcotic. For 1% narcotic, you're snorting all this fucking bullshit. Well, it's a lot of pain, too. All that shit. It doesn't belong up your nose. That shit hurts. Oh, well, it's all filler. You know what I mean? That, I, th- I swear, there's this medication called Dysoxin, which is uh, methamphetamine pills, and they rarely prescribe it. It's almost like narcolepsy. And the pills are like five milligrams of methamphetamine and then like 750 milligrams of filler. These big pills. And I swear, I think they do it on purpose. So if somebody's going to snort it, it's just unpleasant. And it's, like, hard to get a lot of the drugs snorting it just because you'd have to snort massive quantities of powder. Right. That doesn't make any sense. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know. No, I mean, why people, I mean, like, Artie's whole story was that he used, he was snorting, like, 60 Vicodins a day or something. (laughs) That's the stupidest (laughs) ever. It's so dumb. Um, I just can't, I just, you know, I, I, for some reason... You know, on Twitter, there are people who call themselves, like, uh, Artie's Bloated Liver. I don't know why nobody is, like, I, I should create a Twitter handle, which would be, like, Artie's Incredibly Dry Hands. <laughs> I just can't stop thinking about those incredibly dry. They're so dry. His hands are they're the driest hands in the world. They're hard. They're, like, nice. It's so weird. Cause every time I've seen him, I always, I don't think of his skin as being hard. I always think of him as, like, his skin being really thin and soft. He reminds me of like the doughboy, like the Pillsbury doughboy. No, it's really he's like his hands. He's he's like Edward Scissorhands. His hands are so sharp. They're he's so they're so sharp. You shake his hand, it's like ow. It's like it's really, it's really painful. You fucking better hope that Artie's fans don't listen to this. They're gonna get really pissed. Why? They got mad at you. They said you were disrespecting them. I, I don't, it's, I'm just, it's, this is reportage. It's what? Reportage. What is that? Is that something it's like a, reprobate? No, it's like reporting. I, I'm just painting a picture. I think it's funny that his skin is so dry. And I'm hoping, listen, man, this motherfucker is making, you know, uh, $700,000 a year to do a podcast for two hours a day in the afternoon. He's getting flown in a private jet to rehab. Let's just hope he gets clean. They give him some goddamn moisturizer. They suck the sludge out of his lungs. He goes to some meetings. He does some step work. He'll have a fucking amazing life. Artie, I I believe Artie is one of the funniest guys out there, and I believe he can get better. And I believe that uh, he's going to come on Dopey and be better. Yeah. I believe. I believe. I believe. Did you ever watch the Peanuts, the Charlie Brown, It's the never. Great Pumpkin? Never. I've never watched that show ever. You never watched that? Nope. Well, do you know who Linus is? No. Linus is Charlie Brown's best friend. He has a, a little blanket that he carries around with him all the time. Yeah, I don't really. Know. I know oh, it's like a Christmas special, and every it's like really shitty anim- animation, right? Uh, you, you're just you're such a waste of a human being. It's like it's just so depressing. It's like how can you not know that? It's like, uh, if I had known that you didn't know it, I would have all sorts of fucking shit queued up for you to hear it. 
But in, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Linus is this wide-eyed innocent who camps out in a pumpkin patch, and he believes that the great pumpkin will come to the most sincere pumpkin patch to give presents to the boys and girls. And everybody goes, you're a blockhead. You're an idiot, Linus. Let's go trick-or-treating. Let's go to the Halloween party. And he's like, no, I know the great pumpkin will come to my pumpkin patch because it's the most sincere. And I feel like I'm Linus with Artie. Like, I really believe that he's going to come. He's going to get clean. His life's going to be good. It's all going to happen. I fucking believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I hope so. I really hope so. You know, but you're shitting on Artie. You're shitting on him the whole episode like he's this fucking idiot. Hey, let me tell you something. You started it. What did I do? You're talking about his fucking razor sharp skin and the sludge in his lung. Well, I think I think this the dry, the very dry hands is funny. <laughs> Are they like they're not? They're like like bricklayer hands. Yeah, but they're drier than that. They're just like, they're just, and it doesn't even work. It's like, it's just, you know why? It's because of all the powder he puts in his body. What? You think he masturbates? I don't, that's a really good question. That's a really, that's a really, really, it's an interesting question. He definitely doesn't moisturize. It's just so dry. It's because of all the powder he, he, he snorts. It's like if you fucking, because if you shoot it, it's going to be a liquid and everything's going to be moist still. But when you put all that powder in, it dries you out from the inside out. <laughs> I don't think it works that way either. You don't think so? You said you think this theory is, he's like the Sandman in Spider-Man. Like, when your whole body is made of sand. It's like he's been snorting baby powder. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's drying him out. All right, let's play this other voice memo. It's fucking great. Okay. Can you pay attention? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. What's up, Dopey Nation? Um, I emailed Chris not too long ago, and uh, he actually got back to me, and I wanted to call in and talk about the Suboxone program, but uh, he said that it would probably be better um, if I just sent in a voice memo. So here we go. Sending in a voice memo. Um so, um, what led me to Suboxone was actually uh, an eight-month-long relapse after 10 months of sobriety. Not complete sobriety, just sobriety from drugs. I was still drinking pretty heavily, probably about 36 to 48 beers in a weekend. So, I was a binge drinker, um, not uh, through the week usually. The point where I realized that it was getting kind of bad was I drank a couple of tall cans of Coors Light at five in the morning before I went to work. Um, and that's when I switched back to drugs actually. So, um, I did drugs only for a while and then I kind of started mixing the two and that's, you know, it's, as you guys know, it's pretty dangerous to, uh, mix opiates and, and beer, but, um, the not giving a fuck level, was kind of there, which is weird because I had a, I, I have a really good support system. I have a good family. My parents are still together. Um, and, uh, I've got a wife and a kid and a good job. And, um, you know, there's really no reason for me to be depressed. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so I'm going to tell a story about, uh, uh, last time I got pulled over by the cops. So, <clears throat> um, driving in my mom's car, 
me and my buddy Zach are looking for drugs. Um, and it's like one in the morning. We've been sitting in my car waiting since, since 1130 when I got off work. Um, and you know, <laughs> the struggle with this thing is real. You'll wait all fucking night. If there's, if there's just even a small sliver of a chance that you'll get some shit. Um, and what I was on was hydromorph. So, um, you kind of got to wait on somebody to get a prescription or somebody who has a prescription to drive it down to this place. And then that person has to drive it down to this place. And then your dealer has to go fucking get it. And you know, most of the dealers I know don't have a fucking car. They just ride their bike across town like an asshole. Um, so his buddy gets a hold of him and says, okay, buddy's got some shit. I got to go pick it up. And this guy was a dealer. Um, so Zach says, we'll give you a lift to pick it up just so we can get our stuff faster. And this is already one thirty in the morning. So I'm in my mom's car because, uh, I borrowed it, um, <clears throat> to go to work that night because my, my wife needed my car. Um, so <laughs> We go pick this guy up. Um, we drive across town. We get to the apartment building. We park around the corner. Me and Zach are sitting there saying, um, just talking about how, you know, it's late at night and, uh, cops tend to pull people over, uh, just to do random checks. And, uh, we're just joking about it. Like, what if we get pulled over? Because this guy was picking up like 20, 24 milligram, um, hydromorphine cotton, which is, you know, a pretty heavy supply of drugs. Um, and just to be clear, I've never gotten caught for drug trafficking. I've never been caught with drugs on me. Like I, I have a fairly clean record. I have a mischief charge from when I was 20 years old and I, I broke a cell phone that didn't belong to me. But, um, so we're cruising home. We're joking about getting pulled over by the cops. And then all of a sudden we see the fucking cherries in the rear view mirror pop up. Um, and <laughs> I, I almost, puked all over the steering wheel right there. I was, I was ready to expel everything. I almost shit myself. Um, you know, and I'm thinking like, I got a family, I got, I got so much to lose right now. And I can't believe how fucking stupid I'm being. Um, so we get pulled over the cop pokes his head in the car, asks me for ID. He looks at the other two guys, um, my buddy and the drug dealer in the back seat. Um, and he looks at my buddy who's in the passenger seat, calls him by name without getting his ID. And then he looks at the guy in the back seat and calls him by name without getting his ID. So I'm thinking, fuck, we are in some serious shit and I'm probably going to jail tonight. So I'm checking the rear view. He, he takes my, my uh, license back to the car. He's checking it. He comes back up to the car and asks me for insurance. And, um, I'm searching around the fucking glove box in the middle compartment for insurance. And my mom has like, uh, 20 pieces of insurance that aren't correct. Like they're the old expired ones. <laughs> and so I'm rummaging through just trying to find the right one. And it's taking forever. And I'm so nervous. I'm, I'm dying on the inside because I just want this fucking cop to go away. And by this time in the town I live in, it's a small town. There's like two or three cops behind us because there's nothing else to do. Nothing happens in this town except for, um, you know, drug distribution. People are high all the fucking time. Like meth really hasn't reached my town yet. It's mostly just hydros. There's no heroin here or anything like that. Um, it's a small town in southwest, southwestern Ontario. 
So anyway, I'm shitting myself. I can't find this fucking insurance to save my life. I'm searching like everywhere in the car, like under the seats, like up in the fucking upper compartments, like <laughs> freaking out. So finally this cop goes back. He runs, runs everything. He finally comes back and I'm watching, um, the drug dealer in the back seat and he's got, he's got like, like a mixture of like stress and pain on his face. And I can see kind of like his shoulders moving around. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And Zach, my buddy is sitting in the passenger seat, just telling me, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. It's just a routine stop. And obviously I'm thinking like, no, they, they, they know you and buddy in the fucking back by name. Like we're going down. They know something's up. Why are we out at one in the morning? Um, you know, we're not drunk driving, so we must be up to something. So, I'm uh, freaking out. This cop's running all my shit. Uh, 25, 25, I shit you not, 25 minutes later. So now it's like quarter after two in the morning. The cop comes back up after like three or four cruisers are sitting behind him with his cherries on, like making this big scene right right outside of a school in a residential area. There's people out on their front porches wondering what the hell's going on. Comes back and gives me my... Uh, my insurance, or I didn't, I didn't ever actually find the right insurance, but he, he let me off the hook for that. He comes back, he gives me my license and he says, sorry, it took so long. They were busy at dispatch or whatever it was. And tells us we can go. So I ask buddy on the way home, cause obviously like I'm the most relieved person on the planet. I ask him if I can get a free pill because, uh, for, you know, for keeping my cool, he ended up giving me 10 bucks off, but he looks at Zach and he says, uh, just give me a few minutes, bro. I gotta, I gotta get this shit out. And he gets out of the car and I look, I kind of give Zach a funny look. Um, and he goes, Oh yeah, he hooped him. So he shoved all 20 pills up his ass. They were in a plastic bag. Um, and he rammed every single one of them, um, up into his rectum for fear that he was going to jail. Um, if he got searched. So, um, the conclusion of the story is, um, at three o'clock in the morning when I got home, um, I touched a pill casing that might've potentially touched the inside of somebody's rectum. Um, if nothing else through a plastic bag. Um, but it was experiences like that, that actually led me to getting into the Suboxone program. Um, and, uh, with Suboxone, I didn't think it would work. You have to be going through withdrawals for, uh, for at least 24 hours beforehand. Um, so that was pretty rough. Just trying to, trying to blast through that, uh, that timeline. Um, but I took the Suboxone and I'm all oh, the whole time thinking this is not going to work. Um, and the first time I actually got kind of high off it, um, I actually just took my Suboxone just now. Um, so once you stabilize on it, it kind of takes away all the urges to do the pills. It takes, it even took away my urge to drink alcohol. So I've actually been clean and sober off of, uh, opiates except for Suboxone, um, which, you know, obviously it's regulated and moderated. So it's a whole different ball game. Um, it's been a little over two months at this point. So kind of a big accomplishment and it's something that I never thought I would do. I was doing at least 24 milligrams of uh, hydros a day. Um, and no matter how hard I tried to quit, I couldn't hack it. It just was not happening. So, um, if you want my stamp of approval, I was, uh, pretty down in the dumps there for a while with, um, with drug addiction and alcoholism and Suboxone has brought me back to, um, I feel like a hundred percent now. So, um, 
as far as harm reduction goes, vaping and Suboxone, man, those that's that's all I do now is is vaping is my hobby and Suboxone is my um my moderation program. So, um thanks for listening to my story. Hopefully you uh hopefully it's interesting enough to play on the show and uh thanks for getting back to me, Chris. If nothing else, I appreciate it. Um stay strong, Dopey Nation. Appreciate it. Bye. Uh my name's Jason, by the way. Thank you, Jason. What'd you think? I think you just ran a 10 minute Boston commercial on Toby. Yeah, I, I'm not anti Suboxone. I think that, um, I think, uh, <laughs> I was listening to some of the voice memos on the way up, and I just thought that this one complimented Tim's voicemail nicely. I think that, uh, you know how you can always tell. Somebody's from Canada. No, it's it's like you know. Well, you, I mean, on a voicemail, it's obvious because he says a boot and boot and sorry. But um, at work, I can always tell someone's from Canada. It's like because they seem American, but they they can't possibly you can't possibly imagine they're from anywhere in America. It's like Canadians all remind me of like serial killers. Like, they're all hiding something because they're so normal. Like, there's this thing you can't, like, there's no idiosyncrasies. Or maybe I just don't know Canada, so I can't find an idiosyncrasy, you know? I, they just all strike me as murderers and, and serial killers. Canadians. I think they're really nice people, usually. Exactly. I, I, you can't trust really nice people. Yeah, I it, it, um, What, because you, you think you're such a nice person? I am a nice person. Oh, give me a break. I think that voicemail was fine. I think, um, uh, you know, you got hooping pills in Canada and Suboxone. And I, I think it's great that Suboxone can get somebody uh, to get their life better. But um, but uh, I personally, like, you know, I, I don't I don't really believe in harm reduction. <laughs> and I don't really believe in... Uh, um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. It depends, how you, it depends how you define harm reduction and medication assisted treatment. I mean, people define it differently, you know? I just think like, uh, I think it's great if it makes this guy's life better. And I feel like, and I, and I apologize, you know, I, I, I only slept three hours last night and, you know, I'm tired, but, um, I need to say that, uh, if Suboxone makes somebody's life better, I think that's fantastic. I, I just, I, I, I worry about anybody who's on a long-term medically, uh, assisted treatment that, uh, it's like, it's like the longer you're swimming in those waters, like they're kind of like shark infested waters. And like you're, you're constantly putting something in your body and eventually it's not going to be enough. It's going to change. You're still in the circles where you're getting stuff to alter how you feel. And, like, I just think most of the time people who are on medically-assisted treatments eventually relapse. It has to do with the medically-assisted treatment. I think it's, like, unless they're on a, a treatment that, that is, is part of a big wean or a big taper so that they can get to nothing, I think uh, medically-assisted treatment and harm reduction, it often will result in relapse. 
Yeah, I no, I agree with you that globally looking at it, that it fails a lot of people. I do think there's success cases, and like I mean, genuine success cases. Um, one of the things that I sort of get upset about with replacement therapies. I mean, there's medication assisted treatment like taking naltrexone, you know what I mean, or something like that that it doesn't have any narcotic in it. A, a replacement ther- uh, treatment like Suboxone or Methadone. A lot of the data that, like, medical doctors and psychiatrists and internal medicine people use, their metric for success is people not dying. And so they show you all these charts, and they're like, look, it saved all these lives. And I'm like, so they're saying how great it is. And I'm like, okay, so people aren't dying. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good thing. But then there's a whole other piece of quality of life. And I, I do think that there's people who have very high qualities of life and are on replacement therapies but I also think there's a ton of people who are on replacement therapies and they might not be doing something else, but they're not really treating their affliction and they're taking something else and their quality of life isn't much better, but they're not dying, you know? Yeah, I just, I think, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. I feel like the the, the bottom line with with uh, replacement therapy, is that, what, is that what we're calling it? Replacement therapy? Yeah, anything that's in, in our cost. I mean, medication-assisted treatment could be things like cancel naltrexone and abuse, you know, Vivitrol, the long-acting naltrexone. It could be stuff like that, you know. It doesn't necessarily have to be a narcotic. I mean, so it's it's, it's important to delineate the difference the, the, between the two. Well, I think, I think that the real thing with that is that um, – it just it, it it presupposes that that these guys like don't think that they can get out of it. You know what I'm saying? That they don't think that they could get sobriety. That they don't think that they can get clean. That they think they need to do something. And I I just sit here, you know. I mean, yes, I'm very tired and I'm in a weakened condition, but I'm so sober and I'm so grateful that I'm sober and I'm sober as a result of doing step work. And I'm sober as a result of being grateful for so being sober. And I don't have to worry about getting methadone or Suboxone or anything. And I don't say that to gloat. I say it because I think that everybody out there on now, because I was on methadone for 10 years. I, I, I was never on, you know, uh, prescribed Suboxone, but I don't think it's that much different. I, I, I know a ton of people on it, and I think it's the same psychological burden. And I think that if you guys gave it a chance, you could get to the other side of it. And it's just, it's like, it's like people who don't know how to swim and they always have a water, like some kind of inflated device. It's like one day you're not going to have the device and you're going to drown. It's like, why don't you learn how to swim? Yeah. No, I get that. I, I get your point And I also get the pro point. And I think it's, it's a case by case thing. And well, what, I, what, what do you think a case would be like, like who can't get it to get like, like, I mean, rarely have we seen someone who takes these actions fail. Well, no, what you're talking about is is the program and the 12 steps. No, 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 but I'm saying, like, it's like, like, how does, what is a case of uh, of replacement therapy trumping whatever that, that slogan I just said that I don't know what it really is? Uh, what I'm trying to say is there's people who won't take those actions. Right. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say to the dopey nation, and, and first of all, Jason, I want to say this. I, I'm not, I mean, sometimes I'm an asshole. I, I really do com- thank you for sending us a voicemail. And, uh, and I think it was cool. And, and, and I, 
And I really, really uh, am happy that your life is much better. But I'm throwing you a challenge, like, to consider getting off the replacement stuff because your life is going to be so much better. It just is. Well, I mean, I would say if you're going to get off it, first of all, make sure you follow it up with the program of rigorous action, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be the steps, some sort of emotional or spiritual solution, whether that looks like working with a therapist or, you know, doing something to smart recover, recovery, yeah, recovery. What's that? Uh, what's that Noah Levine one? Recovery. What Ref- was it? Refuge, recovery, and Dharma punks. But I, I, all I'm trying to say is that I think setting a date and trying to taper off it. But, I mean, if something's working and it's like, you know, if you have a month, a year, like, it's okay to be on it for a few years and then try. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? I, I don't. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, that's, fine. that's fine. You know? Is it? I mean, like, I, I don't want to be the bad guy. I just, I think I have things. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, it's this. It's like you disagree from the evidence that you have and from what you see that works for you, you know? Yeah, but it's also just like from a, literally a concerned person's perspective. And also mm-hmm. somebody that, that I believe that these people who don't believe in themselves, I believe in them. I believe that they can all get clean. Like, I don't think they need to be on this stuff. I think they could actually do it. So do I, but I think a part of that process is not passing a judgment on their process. What's the judgment? The judgment is that, oh, you're not clean and you need to get off it and that your life would be better. And it's like, oh, if they're happy and content and they're actually like actualizing in their life in their own way, then like my hat's off to them. And if they want to try to get off it at some point, that's great too. Like, I think that's really good. Uh, If they're fucking taking benzos and shooting coke and going on and off it, that's a totally different story than somebody who's using it as prescribed and, you know, going to work, taking care of their life and, and being a decent human, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the most important thing, even if you're shooting coke and taking benzos, if you're happy and your life is not uh, obstructed spiritually and you you feel good about yourself, then by all means. You know, I say by all means to anybody who enjoys their life. I just think that I've found a great freedom. You know, I I have great freedom. And no, I I don't disagree with you from my uh, viewpoint. It's like I was on Suboxone for two years and I was the biggest proponent of it. And then when I finally got off it, I was like, wow, there was, I didn't think, I I, I didn't feel like I got high because I took it every day. I didn't feel it. And then when I got off it, I was like, wow, it was limiting me in certain ways that I didn't even know. I know, but I, I, I honestly think that, like, you could take that a couple steps further. You know that it alters you now. You know that it limits you, like, majorly compared to what it's like to not be on it. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, I'm not denying that. And I'm, that's me. You know, but I also know that those two years I could have died. You might have died on those 10 years from methadone if you weren't on methadone. You know, who knows? I don't know. I felt like, I for me, like, I honestly felt like when I was on methadone, I was in so much more constant danger going to the methadone clinic, buying whatever I could get there, being around, like, professional methadonian, Muslim criminal yeah, people. The methadone culture is different than Suboxone because Suboxone, you just see a doctor. It is a little different, though. No, that methadone culture was, like, like I the get- idea that anybody's getting better there, it's, like, such a joke. Yeah. 
you know. But I don't want to be negative. You know, I apologize to Jason. Now, well, but we have to, you know, we've had this conversation a year and a half ago about a guy who emailed us who's married and successful, and he's been on methadone for like four years. I remember that because I remember reading it. And what was my, what did I say about it? I don't know. I think you said Mazel Tov or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Listen, right. Uh, that shit got really heavy all of a sudden at the end. It's a philosophical debate about replacement therapies. No, but it's not. It's not. I just, you know, I just, my resolve is weakened right now. And I also, it's like, it's like we're in two different positions. Because, like, one is, like, I'm going to school to become a clinician and work in the substance use field. And, like, this is a reality. And it's something that some people disagree with and some people agree with. And, like, I've kind of fallen in the middle, you know? Yeah, I just think you're a pussy. I'm not a pussy. It's how I really believe. I mean, I hope I spoke with conviction. I mean, I didn't say anything. I wasn't people-pleasing. I said what I believed. I think you often people please and say what you believe. I do, but I <laughs> I think that's your thing. I think that's what you do all the time. <laughs> Not tonight. This is different. This is. A, I, I think. I think you really didn't people please with Artie. I think you threw Artie under the fucking bus. Oh, you're fucking just upset because I <laughs> I drew attention to all the mean shit you said. What me? What did I say that was so mean? Well, I'm from the richest end. You also oh, smelled really bad. Huh? You also said he smelled really bad. I didn't say he smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's wrap this shit up. I didn't I say that. Hopefully this thing's fucking recorded. I hopefully tape a call. I hope it does. I hope it doesn't work. This is the worst episode ever. I stand by that shit. Listen, uh, Jason, Artie, whoever you are out there, Tim, let's do your thing, man. You know, and what's the guy's the bad email guy's name? Trevor? Oh, Buster? Oh. Buster. Buster. I think it was Buster. <laughs> it was Talbot. That was Talbot. Yeah, Talbot. Listen, I want I want to give some shout outs to the Twitter oh, community fuck. of Dope. This is we need a shout out to Drew Rapicelli and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend, is it Sarah or something? Yeah, Sarah Rapiskelly. We were supposed to Rapiskelly. We were supposed to say it like two months ago. I'm sorry if you're listening. What's up, dude? I want to give a shout out to the Twitter peeps: Steph X, Tam, fucking Adam Gone Fishing, that fucking English guy with the little penguin thing. These guys are fucking liking my tweets. And how about our fucking um, our Bitcoin investment? Some guy from the UK. Uh, he gave us, um, his name's Tim as well. He gave us the $220 worth of Bitcoin a, a month of, a two months ago. And it's, uh, now worth $660. You know, it's like, I wish we had started with the Bitcoin story because I went to get my haircut the other day. I'm going to save this for another episode. I didn't want to hear it. It pisses me off so much. Dave fucking calls me. He's like, we need to put our money in Bitcoin because his barber, is is fired up about it. You know, it's at seventeen thousand dollars. This is like two days ago, and I'm like, yeah, it might keep going up, but like, we really don't understand the investment business. And and then he's also like, Dave's like, me and you should put money in it. I'm like, well, why don't you just put money in? Because we'll just split it anyway. So it's the same. Well, listen, if you had, it was a it was a cold, blustery morning in New York City when I walked into on First Avenue and First Street, where Igor 
a 49-year-old Russian barber uh, was alone in his barber shop. And Igor is the angriest barber in the world. And normally he's got three people in the barber shop, but I think he was pissed. He didn't have any customers and he didn't have any coworkers. And I sat down and he was like, I started talking to him. And he's like, shut up, man. And he's looking at his phone and he's reading about bitcoins and litecoins and ephemera or something. I don't know what it's even called. Yeah. I don't think it's called ephemera. And he started screaming at me. While he's cutting my hair, I wish I had recorded it. It was so funny about Bitcoin. He invested. Now now it's worth a lot more. You know, like just on and on and on and on and on. And by the end of it, he was like, he was telling me how stupid I was that we. Yeah, by the end of it, you were told. By the end of it, you were texting me, call me. Yeah, I wanted I wanted you to hear you Igor. Need to it right now. <laughs> and Igor, Igor was like, I don't want to speak to your boy. <laughs> I was like, you got to tell my friend about this. He was like, your fr-, he goes, your friend had a Bitcoin wallet to buy drugs. There's, you know what's funny is the guy, Tim, he emailed me and told me that he bought, uh, he traded three Bitcoins for two ounces of weed a few years ago. And that uh, was like $55,000 right now or something. Yeah. I mean, like, but at what point should people with Bitcoins sell them? I don't know. Nobody fucking knows. You know, yeah, maybe it'll keep going up. Maybe it'll go to $100,000. Maybe it's going to go back down to five grand. Who knows? It's also, they're going to, you know, what the sort of regulations they're going to put on it. But that Litecoin, man, the Litecoin in the last fucking week has like doubled. It's crazy. That's what he bought. The Litecoin has gone up a shitload in the last like week. Um, so you're not going to invest literally, literally, the return we got off of the $220 from Tim from the UK, that is a return that if we had invested with, like, somebody, that would be great to come back in, like, 10 years. And we got it in a couple months. Tim Bowler had. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this shit up, because I'm fucking terrified that this isn't recording and that it's going to all of a sudden kick me off or something. All right. Goodbye, Chris. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Drop us a review on iTunes. We really like those. Follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter and send us a voice memo and, and like us on Reddit or whatever. Follow us on Reddit. Subscribe. Do all that shit. We love interacting with you guys. And if we haven't responded to your email, remind us and then um, and send us shit, please. And if you, And if you write us on Facebook or Instagram... Or to, I mean, I like the emails because it's like it feels good. But when you write us on everything else, it's so easy to get back to you fast. Yeah, like they like, handle I, Facebook responses, and I usually do Instagram, and I don't know what's going on with Twitter. Twitter's growing, you know. You know, you know what I tweeted yesterday? What I, I tweeted when I was a kid, I always thought Prince was Michael Jackson's evil twin brother. <laughs> I always thought Prince was Queen when I was a kid. I got that. You, you, you still think that? You're a fucking idiot. You I always idiot. thought Prince was gay and died of AIDS. I literally thought that until like two years ago. You thought that until we started. You said that on Dopey. I know. Listen, I want to. I want to apologize to Jason and every all of the Dopey Nation who's on Suboxone and Methadone. I just really think that, like, and the other thing I want to say, and I and I and I just, you know, I, this is very important to me. It's like when I talk about like 12 step recovery, I'm not really talking about AA meetings. 
I'm talking about actually like doing the 12 steps out of the book. Like I'm not talking about going to an AA meeting. I'm talking about getting somebody who's who's had a spiritual awakening through the 12 steps and, and having them walk you through the steps and just doing what it says. You know, yeah. it's, it's so easy and it feels really good. And I'm not like a fucking crazy fucking like cult member. I don't give my money to anybody. I just, it just helped me out. I think it would help you guys out. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, is that crazy? No, I agree. I went through the steps twice, you know, in the last four years. I'm surprised, Chris, that there isn't more of a 12-step movement, like a pure, like not a puritanical AA, but just like, a, like, you know how like there's a raw food movement or a vegan movement, that there isn't more of a big book movement within AA. There is. Go to Atlantic Group. Go to those things. There's some people that's all they're about. But aren't those Very things like meeting specific and the meetings are self-governing, you know? That's interesting. All right. Well, listen, we need more reviews than Omar. I've said this a lot, but it doesn't, it's not really happening. Listen, when you guys, maybe not with this episode, because I'm sure this episode, you know, you know. But I really want you guys to, to really galvanize your strengths, to, to just put reviews out there so we have more than this guy. Yeah. Is, no, that, is, that, is that a lot to ask for? Is that a little to ask for? No, it's, that's good. We don't with, need Bitcoins. We don't need your chocolate. We need hey, your reviews. I'll take, I'll take your Bitcoins and I'll take your chocolate. That's fine. Yeah, we'll take all that shit. But we really <laughs> want reviews. We want reviews. Okay, and, and like, look for this coming soon. It's going to be all sorts of interactive, dopey stuff. We got, and also, we got fucking great, great guests coming up. Really good shit coming up. We also have the dopey. Uh, so you want to be the dopiest intern contest coming up? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll elucidate. Um, we'll what? We'll, we'll elucidate the dopey we'll, intern we'll, contest. We will elucidate the details behind the dopey intern contest. What's elucidate? Next- Make clear. How can you say elucidate, but you don't know the word reprobate? It's reprobate. Reprobate is not a word. But you just, you just, you, just, you say, what is that, F usage? What is it, inhaling drugs? What is that word? What? Well, the word for inhaling drugs? Encephalate. You say encephalate and elucidate, but you couldn't even say fucking combative. You were saying combative. <laughs> and you can't say reprobate. You're, something's wrong with you. Reprobate. <laughs> you really you read it as reprobate many times. All right, too. all right, all right. Let's, let's go, man. All right, uh, goodbye. Goodbye, Toodles. Thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry if it was sounded weird. Sounded weird. This was just bad, shoddy. This is a shoddy right. one. Okay, Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Airplanes just pass me by And I want to see a Lear Jetliner take a dive 
just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. And my shadows get smaller and smaller. smaller and smaller and it's high noon where I stand and I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds because peace and love are very 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 hard to find and I want to be good so bad So bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad. And I wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had. It's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And I wanna. Oh,